Hi, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin, and we are here on another uh, beautiful fall day. Things have transitioned here in Arizona, and it's a little more cool in the mornings. And this is sort of our favorite time of the year, right, Tara? Would you say the fall is our favorite time of the year? I absolutely think that's true. Yes. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's like really nice in the morning, like 66. And then like literally two hours later, it's like 98. I'm like, how did it just... <laughs> so it's like the mornings and the evenings right now, really when like December in Arizona is when it feels like fall. I'm from the Midwest. So yeah. yeah. Well, so this is another one of those episodes where sort of I felt inspired by a couple I saw the other day. And it brought up sort of like this universal issue that couples struggle with. And I thought maybe we could just talk about it a little bit and hopefully people out there will relate to it. I'm heart with yours today since this is your baby. All right. So I had a couple come in and they had sort of a, you know, they had a destabilizing moment within their relationship within the past week. And what it did for one of them was it sort of, you know, it rocked their trust in the other person, it rocked their trust in the relationship. And like many times what we do here is we help people broaden what's going on beyond just the sort of inciting incident, you know, because if we get into the inciting incident, frequently what we do is they just fall into a certain pattern of communication, patterns of emotional reactivity, and they can't sort of see past just like the last few days. And what 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 eventually sort of came out of it was that the member of the couple who was feeling a lack of trust for their partner had sort of been hit with a crisis of trust in the relationship. And then as we broadened a lack of trust in sort of the world, you know, that the world was safe, that the world was secure. And then eventually at the end, they came to this realization that really there's a lack of trust in themselves. You know, the lack of trust that the world is safe for them, that even their decision-making maybe they, they don't entirely trust. And so what I want to talk about, what we want to talk about today is how, how difficult it is, how important it is to have trust in your relationship, but how if there's a fundamental lack of trust in yourself, mm that oftentimes, how in the world can you trust your partner? How can you trust your relationship if you really don't trust yourself? It's a big question. And, you know, when I hear you talking, I think I'm most curious about what does that even mean, like trusting yourself? And I'm speaking from someone who, I'm not sure how many podcasts all of you have heard, but like I have a lot of anxiety. I've always struggled with anxiety. And I think anxiety is fear like something bad's going to happen or it's hard to trust that things will be okay. And so like, what is trust versus anxiety even? Well, yeah. And, and so personalizing it in our own relationship is a lot of times I don't feel trusted by you, you know, and, and not in like a, the fundamental ways that we think of sometimes as far as like fidelity, but just around some of the most simple things, like, am I going to cook the meal properly for the kids? Or, hmm. you know, am I going to hang up that item that you want hung up in our house or whatever? And I get so reactive in those moments of like, wow, 
how can you think I'm not going to like feed the kids or whatever? And what I've learned and sort of learned to repurpose in my own mind is, oh, if I'm feeling that Tara's not trusting me, maybe what's going on is just that she herself isn't feeling safe, is not sort of trusting, yeah, like in, in your own safety in the world, but it gets sort of like layered onto our relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's, I've got like a constant to-do list in my head because we have a lot going on and and like, I just get really anxious, like, okay, you got to make sure that gets done, that that gets done, that that gets done. And I could even be watching a TV show at like 10 o'clock at night and like, bam, there's my mind going like, do, 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 do. so I'll bring it up and then you personalize it. Then I shut down because I'm like, well, that sucked. I was just like asking, we have to remember to do this by November 1st. And really for me, it was just my anxiety and like, I just needed EJ to be like, yeah, absolutely, sweetie. We'll get that done as soothing. But because EJ takes it as a, that I don't trust him, we lose each other in those moments. But now we've learned to come back. And I've been like, listen, EJ, I just get really anxious that it's not going to happen. That's from my own anxiety. And you don't have to say anything in those moments. You can just notice like that I'm anxious and that my what I'm needing in those moments are like, make sure we get this done, honey, you know, or whatever that might be. But that is an ultimate trust in myself and how safe I'm feeling in the world. Like I must have a to-do list in my mind constantly for a reason, like a trust that I can't handle it or it won't be okay. And hello, growing up from a traumatic childhood, like if I didn't have my to-do list, I would probably be dead. So it's like a constant learning and restructuring, but also being okay. Like I've got an anxious brain with a to-do list. And when I get things checked off my to-do list, it feels really, really good. So, I mean, when you're working with a couple, Tara, like what are some of the ways that you see when an individual struggles with personal trust or just trust and that the world is a safe place, what are the problems it creates in relationships? I would say one of the most difficult dynamics is that the partner who's feeling mistrustful is trying to control how the other person is in relationship to whatever is going on in that moment and that they are not able in that moment to really you turn it back to themselves and be okay because I, you know, my biggest thing in therapy is like, we can't control what other people do. And the more we try to control the other person's response, like the more difficult it's going to be for you guys to really heal and accept one another because the other person's going to perceive it as judgment and they're going to get defensive. And so it's really like, I do a ton of individual work within the couples because it's really about like, you hope that when you're able to like say, hey, I'm really struggling with anxiety. I'm really struggling that this isn't going to be done. And, you know, this isn't about you, but what would be really helpful is like that you and I are supportive and like setting up like some kind of system where it's like, hey, let's make sure that these things are going to get done off your checklist. I really want to be a supportive partner versus not having a system set up like that. And then it's constantly like hijacking you in these moments. 
I think you sort of nailed it on the head and that there's like sort of a two-way approach to this problem, right? And, and that what you nailed on the head is that when we are faced with something complicated, uncomfortable internally within ourselves, we instinctually try to affect our environment in a way that when something feels uncomfortable internally, we try to influence the external world to make ourselves then feel comfortable internally, to soothe ourselves. And so there really is, you can't ignore one without the other, because I think you're right on in saying like, you know, one thing you can do is notice these patterns internally and in your relationship, and you and your partner can create more healthy systems that create a sense of safety, that create a sense of trust, that keep you guys on the same page in these difficult moments. But at the same time, you also have to do that U-turn that we talk about, you know, very frequently to understanding what is that lack of trust or that lack of safety that happens internally and how do I sort of embark on some sort of a journey to heal myself, you know, while also creating like really solid systems within the couple to support the struggle. Well, because when you don't do that, it absolutely creates the walking on eggshells tension in the relationship. Cause like, let's just say like, I'm anxious and like, you didn't understand it as anxiety, but more of like, oh God, I'm not doing it right. So then you're constantly trying to get it right. And I'm constantly like, oh, it could be a little better. Like, do you see how that just plays out into like, it's never enough for either partner. And then that's exhausting. And then you lose that intimacy. You lose that connection. You lose that feeling together during stressful moments. Yes. So let's do this, you know, in two parts. Let's do the first thing that, that you sort of had to say, Tara, is like, what are the systems that a couple might build within their relationship when they're faced with a lack of trust? What is like the beginnings of creating some system for a couple in that moment so that it doesn't totally destabilize them and they don't spin out? I mean, for me, what I try to help couples understand is like the moment you start to feel that like anxiety or feeling in your gut or the thoughts like, oh, Jesus, it's about to happen, like that you have to, because our, we are just automatically, we will go, right? That path has been like, you know, taken many times. And if we're not very intentionally aware of like, hey, we don't want to go down this path because we know exactly where it's going to lead us, that you have to be able to like take that pause and really try to understand yourself. Like, I mean, this just happened to us last night where I was getting anxious about this one thing that has to happen. And I recognized it was anxiety. And then I recognized the look on your face that you were getting defensive and then I was like, okay, like I feel that me shifting away. I feel that feeling of unsafety. Like why in the world can't you just recognize that's my anxiety? I was like, but I'm not going to say that and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to like take some time for me. And I did, I took like 10 minutes and I went and brushed my teeth. But while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm like, oh, why? where is this anxiety coming from? And then I was able to pull out a few moments from that day around other things that haven't been taken care of yet that added to my anxiety. And, and then I also realized like, 
And and I don't want to say those to EJ because I know he gets defensive. And ultimately it led us to having this bedtime conversation was like, EJ, I still get really nervous to share with you around my anxiety because I feel like you'll get defensive, but I just have to trust that you can handle it. And then I have to let you know, like, this is a really important for me to make sure I can check this off my to-do list and that we follow through that that's really important to me. And I just still get scared like, oh, but I don't, because I know you do so much. I don't want him to get defensive. And, but it's not helpful because what happens is it creeps up because I had multiple moments throughout the day yesterday when I had that anxiety and I didn't share it with you. And so bam, this other one comes up and then it was like, it, it took over. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's this realization of, because we all have patterns in our relationship, they all repeat. And the really problematic ones repeat frequently. And so we have to have like a shared understanding of it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that both of us last night when it happened, I think both of us knew what was happening. I think we were both trying to course correct because I had like this quick instinct of like, okay, what's going on here? We were just watching Netflix and now this changed on me. And I had the realization of like, oh, it is anxiousness. And I tried to speak to that as soon as I realized it, which was pretty quickly, but we sort of missed a step that we tell couples and that is like part of the system is the vocalization that, hey, this dynamic is happening. Mm. And I think if we would have done that, I think if like one of us would have said like, hey, this is one of those moments where we really struggle with, and it's a total we. It's not like you are this or you are doing this. It's like, hey, this is one of those moments that we struggle with, that we didn't do that. We each, <laughs> I think our instincts were good. We both tried to go internal to try to figure it out and then figure out how to move forward. But it's almost like we skipped a step. It's so funny. Yours is healthier than mine because remember I said, let's just not talk to each other at night. Let's just like watch TV and just go to bed and not speak to each other because somehow this always happens at night. So I like your way better. <laughs> mine was more avoided. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's my work right now, right? Is like I'm trying not to avoid. And so I want to like, <laughs> I want to get across to everybody that it's just so important to know that these difficult moments, even if it's even if it's really something that was really clearly the catalyst was another person. You know, somebody they raise their voice and they've talked about not raising their voice. And so it's like, but that no matter what, because it's a relationship, it's a we thing, you know? And that if you can and again, this is where code word, we've talked a lot about having a code word is an important thing because it recognizes like, hey, we're at a place where we're taking a hard right into an area that's not healthy for us. But just having some way for the couple to recognize like, hey, this is one of those moments we struggle with. Because I think if we would have done that, if we would have said like, you know, burnt toast or squiggly wiggly or, you know, whatever, we would have said a, our code word. Then if we did pull apart for a second, did some inner reflection and then came back together, we would have had a better chance of being united and working through it. But what we did was we kind of both each individually tried to work through it. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. And we didn't escalate. We did not. That was good. Also, we didn't really repair. Is that fair? I, I mean, yes, sort of. I feel like I repaired it. Well, I was, no, <laughs> I didn't repair it with you. I was, I just realized what I needed to do more of. I had to be more vulnerable and share my anxieties with you. And however you respond had to be okay. Whether you got defensive or not is not in my control. Yeah. And, and to circle it back to trust, right. you know, which is what we originally started talking about, is you need to trust that I can handle it. You need to trust that even if maybe I don't have an instantaneous response that's what you want to be, that I'll get there and I'll get there hopefully a lot quicker than I used to. And then even if you don't, that's got to be okay because like seven, eight out of 10 times we we repair. Yeah. And when it comes back to that more just purely individual thing, I need to trust that I can handle it, that I do get things right. Yeah, those are the big things for me. And I need to, you know, trust that I am safe and that I'm okay, right? That's my own anxiety work, which again, probably will be lifelong, but that's how I'm building trust within myself. Like even though that these anxious thoughts keep happening, I keep working on them. And I'm trying to also trust myself that I can handle it and and understand why they're there and and then also give you the benefit of the doubt that when you react, it's okay. You're not reacting to me. You're reacting from your own place of wounds. And I definitely have more compassion now than I ever have yeah. before. Yeah. And so as you can, hopefully you guys can hear is it's, it is, it's this like two pronged approach that it's like every couple has dynamics that are just purely within their relationship that have challenged their trust, whether it's something really big or whether it's something really small, just, you know, trust that my partner can, not that small, but but less acute, you know, that my partner can be present for me, that my partner can create an emotionally safe space. So there's dynamics that are, that are really, are purely a byproduct of you two coming together, but then that there's also always these negative core beliefs that are the root of the lack of trust. And they just also happen to be what are our most like emotionally reactive triggers, right? Yes. You know, and um, so tools, code word. If you haven't listened to our podcast on code word, check that out. I mean, having a code word that you know, like, hey, when when one of us says this, that we stop and that we have a protocol that we go into that creates healthy space with self-reflection that eventually comes back together with vulnerable connection. Right, and we have those protocols, like whether it's this RAIN technique that Tara Brock's amazing at guiding you through, recognize, allow, investigate, nurture, or the cognitive restructuring technique that we developed to help people really understand what are the negative core beliefs that are actually activated in those moments. Like the restructuring process helps you understand what the negative core beliefs are and where they developed. And then again, it just gives you an opportunity to create space before the reaction so you can understand it better, therefore giving you a chance to control how you react in a certain situation, which a lot of us feel we don't have control, which then feels we're powerless. So. Yeah. 
And the more we have control, the more we trust ourselves that yeah. we can handle it just saying. Yeah, and the more we trust ourselves that we can be the person that's deserving of love or that we can connect on a deep level with somebody or trust that we are enough, that the more we develop that personal trust around the issues that are sort of planted in you as a young person, the more you're going to be able to show up for your partner in a caring, loving way, the more you're going to have a trusting relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a great kind of short, but sweet, like, let's get to the point of like that building trust within yourself and towards your partner is really a very important component of building that deeper intimate connection. Yeah. And so I would love, you know, listeners out there, we're talking like in a really broad sense around personal trust, around trust in your relationship. But if there are like particular facets of your relationship that it's particularly hard to trust, there are particular things about yourself that it's hard to trust, things about your partner that's hard to trust, please, you know, send us an email info at relationshiprenovation.com or DM us on uh, TikTok or Instagram at relationshiprenovation. Send us specific areas. And because I would love to, I mean, because trust, right? It's like trust is a foundational thing that is important in our personal life and our relationship, right? Yes. We're using a new service right now. And you'll notice in our show notes, a link to Gala, and it is a platform where you can post questions. You can also leave voice messages through this. So just, you know, if there's a particular area of your relationship where you want to build trust and you want to have us dive a little bit deeper into that particular area, please just send us a message because we would, we would love to hear it. Yes. And I want to do something a little different today right, to take us it. out. Trust yourself, trust each other. All right, have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.